Hello and welcome to FinShots Daily. In today's episode, we talk about three brands and their partition story, a post-independence day special. Let's talk about the first brand, Parley. Dunking a humble biscuit in a morning cup of chai may be part of the daily routine for most of us, but that wasn't the case in pre-independent India. The market was dominated by British biscuits, brand names such as United Biscuits, Huntley and Palmers and Britannia, a subsidiary of a British company. But a man called Narottam Mohanlal Chauhan wanted to change that. He wanted a Swadeshi biscuit. Along with his brothers, he had already set up a confectionery brand in 1929 in a small town called Parla in Mumbai, then Bombay. And they made orange candies and toffees. So they knew something about running a food business. And when a biscuit factory was put up for sale in 1938, the brothers decided to snap it up. But since they didn't have biscuit making experience, Narottam traveled to Europe to learn the ropes and returned not just with the art, but even the machinery needed to make biscuits. Their first wheat biscuits emerged the same year, Parley Gluco. Yes, the same biscuit that would go on to become the iconic Parley G. But as luck would have it, World War II broke out shortly after. Everything was even being rationed. Even the wheat needed for the biscuits. Parley got a limited amount and was told to make the biscuits only for the army. And they had to resort to using barley to produce biscuits for the Indian public. It tasted horrible. And that's not our words, but the words of one of Chauhan's descendants as stated in an interview. They even had to use newspapers packaging material back then. If we put the sequence of events together, it seems like it was only after the war ended that Parley could even give Indians a taste of wheat-based glucose biscuits. But wait, even that didn't last long because then came the partition and India lost large swathes of its crucial wheat territories of West Punjab and East Pakistan. We were left with just about 60% of our wheat supplies. So Parley had to hit pause on its gluco biscuit production. They put out ads asking people to buy their barley biscuits instead, just until everything settled down. The rest of course is history. The iconic yellow packaging with the girl emerged in the 1960s to differentiate itself from competition. And today, Parley sells 1.2 million tons of biscuits every year. This Swadeshi biscuit has become the world's biggest biscuit brand. Fun fact, if Parleyji packets produced in a year are placed around the earth's circumference, they would circle the earth 192 times. Let's talk about the second brand, Hamdard. The year was 1906 when a young Hakim Hafiz Abdul Majid had set up shop in Delhi. He was a practitioner of an Islamic form of medicine known as Yunani and he wanted to sell products to cure people's ailments but he soon noticed something around him Delhi summers were scorching people suffered from heat strokes so he put his head down and got to work to create something that would fix this problem something that would help cool the body down he mixed herbs like coriander chicory stone flower mint and khas a fragrant grass then added some rose petals some coloring and of course sugar too and the end result was a herbal drink that had a reddish tinge to it people loved it demand soared through the roof and the bottles quickly flew from the shelves this folks was the beginning of roo afsa and this craze continued in a similar vein for many many years during the british rule and the business soon passed on to his sons but when the partition rolled around a choice had to be made should they remain in india or move to pakistan well here's what happened Hakim Majid's younger son Hakim Muhammad Said moved to Pakistan and set up the Hamdard Laboratories in Karachi. His elder son Hakim Abdul Majid stayed back in India and continued the business under Hamdard Laboratories India. 
basically Ru Afsa, chose to stay undivided. And even after Bangladesh achieved independence from Pakistan, the family set up a new entity in the East. And that's the story of how Ru Afsa came to conquer India, Pakistan and Bangladesh today. In fact, today, Ru Afsa accounts for over 50% of Hamdard's India sales. And such is the demand for it that in May 2019, when Ruafsa was in short supply, its Pakistan arm offered to supply the beverage via the Wagha border. Quite a unique twist with the history of India's partition, right? Now let's talk about the third brand, Dalda. Ghee, which is made from cow's milk, can be over four times expensive than edible oil. And this has been the norm since time immemorial. Even in pre-independent India, ghee was reserved only for delicacies and special occasions. So a Dutch company called Dada decided to cash in on the opportunity. It figured out it could make something that looked and felt quite similar using vegetable oil. It was a cheap alternative to the real thing and they called it Vanaspati Ghee and imported it for sale in the country. Now Levo Brothers, which eventually came to be called Unilever, saw a big market here as well. In Europe, they had just diversified from personal care products to food products and they probably felt that they could set up a manufacturing factory in India. They called this unit Hindustan Vanaspati Manufacturing Company and began operations. They bought the rights to manufacture it on Indian soil. Oh, and the name Dalda too. You see, the Dutch company wanted to carry its legacy and naturally the Lever brothers wanted to stamp their new authority here. So they simply added the L for Lever into the mix and Dada became Dalda. And the low-cost alternative soon became a raging success. So what happened during the partition? Well, initially... There were issues, of course. Dalda's distribution took a hit as its wholesalers were caught in violent skirmishes. But as Prakash Tandin, the man who handled Dalda's sales during the partition and went on to become Hindustan Unilever's first Indian chairman, wrote in his memoir, he made a promise to everyone that he would do all that he could to help. That is to keep jobs ready and help exchange their business, homes and Dalda trucks and carts if they were moving across the border. And over the next few years, the business slowly grew. By 1956, Unilever merged with its subsidiaries. It became Hindustan Unilever and even launched an IPO. Yes, Indians could now actually own a piece of the company that made the legendary Dalda or Vanaspati Ghee products. But wait, this wasn't strictly an Indian invention, right? And the global behemoth Unilever's might was behind it. So in the 1950s, Unilever set up shop in Pakistan too. It figured out that our palettes were similar. So why not continue selling Dalda there? At the end of the day, that's how the iconic yellow tin with its green palm tree continued its success on either side of the border. But over time, people realized that Vanaspati ghee might actually not be healthy. They shifted to refined vegetable oils. And maybe it was the declining sales and market share. But by 2003, Hindustan Unilever decided to wash its hands off of the business in India. It sold Dalda to an American food brand. And in 2004, it sold the Pakistan business to Westbury Group, which returned the company to Dalda Food Products. Heck, this year, the Pakistani counterpart had even planned the country's biggest ever IPO by a consumer staples company. So yes, that's how Dalda still continues its legacy today. As Dalda, but under different owners. These are quite some stories. So if you enjoyed them, why not share them with everyone else too? And before we leave, here's a quick side note from Team Ditto. If you're someone who's great at communication and are enthusiastic to join our team, Ditto is looking to recruit new insurance advisors. So if you're interested or know someone who is, please click the link in the description below. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. FinShots Daily is available on a bunch of streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Until next time.